Here we go, and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. I just got the coffee uh, brewing today, and welcome into another podcast of the Teal Shirt Report. That's what we call it, the Teal Shirt Report, brought to you by Anchor.fm. Our good friends at Saucer Realty. You know, for North Florida real estate needs, you can't go wrong with Saucer Realty. Um, Saucer Realty has um, residential property, homes, um, also on the business side, they've got uh, commercial real estate, business real estate. Check them out, Saucer Realty, for your North Florida real estate needs. And you can find them by going to bigjreport.com, scrolling the homepage, and the uh, link to Saucer uh, Realty is in the, uh, the weather forecast, the North Florida weather report that uh, we do keep up to date with at uh, bigjreport.com. 24-7. So go to uh, our homepage at bigjreport.com, scroll down, and uh, click on the link for Saucerility about midway through the weather information. And hey, if you're thinking about moving to this beautiful area of North Florida, or maybe you're wanting to add some property, sell a property, they do it all at Saucerility. For your North Florida real estate needs, see Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty, and you'll find the link if you go to bigjreport.com. Scroll down right in the middle of the weather report, the 24-7 North Florida weather report. Uh, you'll find the link to Saucer Realty. So, again, we want to thank Anchor.fm, the easiest and simplest way to do a podcast. Let me say something about Anchor for a moment because, you know, there's people that do podcasts all over the country, all over the world. And they have their opinions about Anchor and, you know, not only Anchor, but many of the different platforms. And there's oodles of them out there. And we are on most of, you know, simply most of the major platforms, you know, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pod Paradise, and many, many others. Anchor has been really doing some improvements and some enhancements. So I'm going to tell you, Anchor is a good place to be. It's the simplest place to do a podcast. And what we do is kind of simple, but complex at the same time. And you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Again, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfallahits.com for your internet radio. LakeUfallahits.com, it's all good. And follow us at BigJReport.com, please, if you will. Now we're going to talk about the Jaguars. They play the Texans, both teams. Can you believe both teams are, are actually in the dumper? At one and six, I mean, let's face it, the Jaguars, you know, they won their, they won the division title, right? In uh, 2017 and went on to play in the AFC uh, championship game against New England before losing. Boy, they're going to edge that on my tombstone. One penalty against the Patriots for 10 yards in that game back in January of 2018. That was the AFC championship game from the 2017 season. So Houston, you know, they fired Bill O'Brien, who was their GM head coach. He's gone. They'll be hiring somebody new soon as the permanent fixtures. However, Houston and Jacksonville, the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars are both one and six on the season. We're going to try to bring you up the uh, latest line you know, right before the game between, um, of course, the uh, Texans and the Jaguars. You know, I looked at it a few days ago, and I believe it was like, what, four points, four and a half points the Texans were favored by. It's going to be an interesting thing because they're really going to have to do a lot of motoring and effort to get the field back in the, you know, back in the NFL standards by Sunday because the Georgia-Florida game, Florida-Georgia game, if you will, is on Saturday, and the very next day, this Sunday, the Jaguars are hosting the Houston Texans. Now, by the way, it's going to be very similar. Georgia, Florida, and the Jacksonville Jaguars' home attendance is going to be very similar. I understand that the Georgia-Florida game, it's only going to be 19,000 fans, and I think that's very similar to what the Jaguars are having, maybe a little less at the Jaguars' games, depending on who wants to go who's available to go, and all of that type of stuff. But let's take a look at um, the lines. We're going to pull up the uh, line for the Houston game. 
And again, um, the game, this is the home game uh, between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans at TIAA Bank Field uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida this Sunday. This is episode number 69, by the way. Episode number 69 of the Teal Shirt Report. So let's take a look at the line. My goodness, the line is up to seven points. Houston is now favored by seven points. Well, it's got something to do with the rookie quarterback starting. I kept calling him Tootin on the last episode of the podcast, I think in episode 68. You can go back and listen to that one and have a good laugh. But this is episode show 69. I don't know why I called him Tootin, but his name is Jake Luton. And the young man played, uh, put, put up some pretty good numbers at Oregon State for the Beavers uh, last year in 2019 when he was in college. He's got some uh, parallels with Gardner Minshew because, and again, the reason why Tootin is playing this week, Luton, there I go again, Tootin. The, <laughs> the reason why Luton is playing this week is because it has been discovered that Gardner Minshew apparently got injured back, I think, on October the 11th or so. And maybe it's gotten worse, and, and they found uh, what amounts to some fractures in his uh, thumb on his throwing hand. So now Gardner Minshew cannot play. And so Jake Luton, and I always want to call him Tootin, but Jake Luton is going to play. He's a rookie, and some of his story parallels uh, Gardner Minshew because they were both six-round picks. Gardner, a six-round pick in 2019. Jake Luton a uh, six-round pick in 2020. You know who else was a six-round pick years and years ago? Tom Brady. So we're talking about the six-round club, if you will. Now, Jake Luton, man, it didn't look like after they drafted him, it didn't look like he had really a prayer to make the 53. He'd probably be on the practice squad. Then what happened uh, during training camp, it was discovered that apparently by some, some of the, you know, the so-called experts and even people that, you know, I, I've got some context too that, that were watching practice and, and said it did appear that Jake Luton has a stronger arm, you know, and maybe he it's gotten stronger as far as him throwing the football, but apparently he's got a stronger arm than um, first thought. So apparently another good six-round pick by the Jaguars. That's on the surface. We'll see what happens during the game because there was no preseason, right? There was absolutely no preseason games. So nobody's seen Luton play even a snap from scrimmage in a Jaguars game because there was no preseason. Looking over the line, and yeah, it's got something to do with the rookie Luton starting. I mean, uh, Houston is now a seven-point favorite in Jacksonville. Both of these teams are one and six. Luton will start. Houston is a seven-point favorite. They were actually a, about a four-point favorite five or six days ago. But now, um, you know, with a rookie quarterback playing, Minshew sideline with the uh, thumb injury, um, all of this is coming into play. Now, I did hear some interesting news that apparently at least a couple, maybe two of the linebackers for the Texans uh, will be out of this game. Might even, I think I heard something about possibly some some COVID-19 issues as far as a couple of the Texans having to be out of this game. So we got to keep an eye on all of this. But the game is scheduled to go on, you know, as scheduled. The Houston Texans are 1-6. Jacksonville Jaguars are 1-6. And, and we will continue with the Teal Shirt Report. Much, much more coming up. Uh, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report on your favorite platform, whether it be Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod Paradise, Himalaya, and many, many other platforms, Buzzsprout. I personally like the player that Buzzsprout has. We have a lot of people to listen to us on Buzzsprout. So uh, check us out on your favorite uh, platform. We're on most of the major platforms. We'll continue with the Teal Shirt Report coming up. Stay tuned. We also have some high school football interviews and a high school football scoreboard for North Florida, South Georgia, and even uh, parts of South Alabama. We're going to hit the high school football scoreboard. We've got high school football interviews coming up with uh, Alex Nunry. Alex Nunry is a BigJReport.com contributor. 
and we'll be getting some interviews with Alex Nunry coming up as we'll take a look at high school scores and more about this Jaguars game coming up. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Okay, we got the Jaguars and the Texans in Jacksonville. Kickoff is 1 o'clock this Sunday afternoon, November the 8th at 1 o'clock. The Texans are, honest to goodness, a seven-point favorite. My goodness, both teams are 1-6. Jaguars will start rookie, uh, rookie QB Jake Luton. Let me get his name right because Gardner Minshew's got the thumb injury, some uh, some fractures you know, in the thumb areas. So the Jags starting a rookie. And um, the Texans may have a couple of their linebackers out. Let's see what happens. Let's see what Luton can do. Luton is a taller quarterback than Gardner Minshew. He's about six foot six, a little bit on the lean side. It may be six six, two hundred and twenty-four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Luton put up some good numbers at Oregon State. And it was said he had Luton. In training camp, even though there was no preseason, no preseason games, some of the experts and even some of our sources have told us that Luton appears to have a much stronger arm, or at least a stronger arm, than originally thought before he was drafted. So it was a good surprise. Um, So Luton, they couldn't sneak him on the practice squad. He made the 53. So Luton will start. Coach Doug Marone wants to take a look at what they got with the rookie quarterback, uh, Jake Luton, out of Oregon State. But in all sincerity, and this may be a good game for Luton to start, even though I guess J.J. Watt is on the other side of the line of scrimmage, right? J.J. Watt is not the player he once was. So it's going to be an interesting game. One o'clock kickoff uh, this Sunday, this Sunday, November the 8th. Uh, right here in Jacksonville, Florida, at TIAA Bankfield, the day after the Georgia-Florida game. Only 19,000 fans at the Georgia-Florida game this year. There's no RV uh, tailgate city, no RV city. Uh, so it's you know, it's a different Georgia-Florida atmosphere. Not as many people, not quite as many people in town as normally, of course. Uh, capacity's only at, what, 20 or 25% of that at 19,000 people for the Georgia-Florida game. And it'll be a similar crowd for the Jaguars game, probably somewhere between, you know, 14 and 19,000 people, maybe close to 20, but somewhere between 14,000 and 20,000 fans at TIAA Bank Field. All season long, it's been a situation of like 20, approximately 20 to 25% capacity. And what we have, ladies and gentlemen, the Texans at one and six, the Jaguars at one and six. We've got our first NFL toilet bowl of the season. So, which team will flush out a victory? Victory number two. Will it be the Texans or will it be the Jaguars? Ladies and gentlemen, we will find out. Sunday afternoon kickoff at 1 o'clock between the Jaguars and the Texans. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We're heard in as many as 17 states across the United States, all over Florida, Georgia, Alabama, uh, listeners out in Texas, up in Ohio, all over the country. We're listened to in as many as 17 states, and we're listened to internationally, worldwide, New Zealand, Germany, the UK, um, 
England, which is basically a big part of the UK, but we're listened to, I mean, Northern Ireland, uh, different places all over the world, uh, Canada, France. So thank you for tuning in wherever you happen to be tuning in from on the Teal Shirt Report. Let's take a look at some high school football. Going back to uh, last Thursday night, back on uh, Thursday night, November the 5th, there were a couple of Thursday night games where uh, my, I, I will tell you, my Ed White Commanders won. Uh, Bartram Trail defeated Reigns at what they call the graveyard at Reigns. Uh, Bartram Trail, we did double-check that score, and uh, Bartram Trail did knock off Reigns. Uh, Bartram Trail 42, Reigns 26 on Thursday night, Thursday night, October the 5th. Again, that was uh, Bartram Trail 42. Uh, Reigns Vikings 26 at Reigns on Thursday night, November the 5th. Also, there was another Thursday night game, which was actually considered a play-in, kind of a play-in playoff game, where um, the Ed White Commanders played at Bishop Kenny. And we're going to get that report from our Big J Report contributor. That's our BigJReport.com contributor, Alex Nunnery, as he's got a report on the Bishop Kenny Ed White play-in game, actually a playoff game at Bishop Kenny, uh, back on Thursday night, November the 5th. Let's join Alex Nunry uh, with his report and interviews from the uh, Ed White Bishop Kenny game back on Thursday night, October the 5th. Alex? Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Alex Nunry, and welcome to the Teal Show Report. We have a great football game tomorrow night down on the banks of the St. John's River between the visiting Ed White Commanders and the Bishop Kenny Crusaders. That's at Bishop Kenny tomorrow night at 7 p.m., a play-in game. The winner will advance to the Florida High School Athletic Association playoffs. We'd like to thank head coach Tim Krause of the Bishop Kenny Crusaders and athletic director Mark Thornton of the Bishop Kenny Crusaders for allowing us to cover their game tomorrow night. The head coach of the Commanders is Lawrence Johnson, and their athletic director is Bashir Saoud. Good night, everyone. See you at Kenny tomorrow. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here for a playoff game on this beautiful, on this dreary, overcast Thursday night. First round of the Florida High School Athletic Association playoffs between the visiting Ed White Commanders, who come into this game at 4 and 4, and the home team, the Bishop Kenny Crusaders. The Commanders are coached by Lawrence Johnson. The Crusaders are coached by Tim Krause. The athletic directors for the Commanders is Bashir Saud, and for the Crusaders, it's former head coach Mark Thorson. Tonight's football game features a very good running back and a Bowling Green State University commit who is 201st in the nation, and Jason Patterson. Patterson is second in the state of Florida in rushing yards. He is the commanders from Ed White High School, the same high school that our creator, Mr. Scott Mullis, attended. The Crusaders of Bishop Kenny star is Michael Marzlinski. He is a commit to the University of Texas Hookemore. Brave starting Braves relief pitcher Darren O'Day attended Bishop Kenny High School as well as one of the great closers in Major League Baseball, Jonathan Poppelrock. Their other notable alumni is Rams backup quarterback, John Wofford. The Crusaders notable alumni are our creator, Mr. Scott Mullis, um, Javon Wims, the wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, and also Javarius Davis, and also 
one of the best defensive backs in Gator history, D. Webb. Congrats. We want to just congrats to Ed White. Commanders, that's Scott Mullis of the one night on the 34-31 victory. We're here with one of the best running backs in the area. And Jason Patterson, the quarterback. Teal. Jay Teal? Isaiah Teal. Tell us about that final drive. All I can say is all I had to do was put my heart out. Uh, had to put my heart out for my teammates and I just had to do what I could to uh, get this win. That's all I can say. All right. Congrats again to the Commanders on a thrilling win. They'll host Rickards next week. All right. We're here with Coach Lawrence Johnson on a thrilling win. Tell us about your reaction on the nice win. It was a great win. It's always good to get playoff wins. Uh, the game came down to uh, a kick at the end. Our defense stood up and we made the plays when we needed to. So we, we came out and escaped with a three-point win. Bishop Kenny made a lot of adjustments, and I'm just happy to get the win. What about coaching one of the best running backs in to probably to play in the area? He's a great player. Um, uh, there's nothing else I can say about him. He scored all our touchdowns tonight. When we needed him at the end, we gave him the ball over and over again, and he delivered. He put that ball in the end zone and put us on top. All right. Congrats, Coach. They will host Rickards next week. We'll get some of the Bishop Kenny players. That's unfortunate loss. All right. We're here with the Bishop Kenny Stars. We're here with Andrew Tabor, Baylor Newsom, and then James Reeser. Unfortunately, the Crusaders ended their season tonight, but y'all both, had, all three of y'all had a terrific season. Just tell us about how y'all played tonight and the way, the way y'all played and almost won, if one of y'all want to talk. You know, I thought it was a good effort by the team. You know, we put our hearts and souls into this game. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way, but I'm very proud of our whole team for putting into that fight for this Bishop Kenny game. Practice hard this week. We've been working hard day in, day out. We're going to come back bigger and stronger. We're a real young team. Be ready for next year. Right. Yeah, good luck to you all next year, by the way. Right. Yeah, the Crusaders, unfortunately. Yeah, we want to thank um, Alex Nunry for that fine report uh, from out at uh, Bishop Kenny High School. Ed White. My Ed White Commanders defeated Bishop Kenny. Ed White 34, Bishop Kenny 31 in, a, in what amounted to a play-in playoff game. So Ed White will advance uh, to the next round of the playoffs uh, next weekend. Understand Ed White's got a home game. I believe that's what Alex told me, and we'll be talking more about uh, the next round of the playoffs uh, for the Ed White Commanders. But again, the Ed White Commanders in a close victory. Defeat of Bishop Kenny, you heard Alex's report as you heard some interviews on both sides from Ed White and Bishop Kenny. Uh, Ed White won the game. Ed White, 34, Bishop Kenny, uh, 31. We also told you about the Bartram Trail victory. Bartram Trail, 42. The Reigns Vikings, 26. That game was also played, of course, on Thursday night back on October the 5th. We're going to get to some more high school uh, football scores. And again, thank you for tuning in uh, to the Teal Shirt Report, where we have uh, mainly Jacksonville Jaguars information. We also do other area sports like high school football, North Florida Entertainment. We cover the SEC. And, you know, before we get back to some SEC scores, I'm going to go ahead and give you my Southeastern Conference prediction on the Georgia-Florida game. I have liked Florida by six points ever since the spring. Coach Dan Mullen, he's the, you know, Coach Dan Mullen. Coach Dan Mullen, actually, he's the guy. I mean, he's he's the um, the variable uh, for Florida Gator football. Coach Dan Mullen. I'm taking Coach Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators by six points over Georgia. My prediction, uh, Florida 28, Georgia 22. Could it be even less points than that? 
But I got Florida 28, Georgia 22. Florida did have a couple of players suspended for the first half of this game, but only two players suspended for the first half of the game. And I, I understand one of the guys is not even a starter. So, and Coach Dan Mullen got, he got fined $25,000. I think the Florida Gators team, I think they're a close-knit group now. I think they became a team, you know, when they saw when they saw their teammates taking up for their coach, uh, or actually their uh, quarterback, Kyle Trask, who, who took at the time what they thought was a, certainly a cheap shot. And I think it actually was. Missouri had a couple of players um, also suspended uh, for their next game as well. I still like Florida. You know, Coach Dan Mullen, he is the main ingredient in that program now. Preparation of the games, teaching, great quarterback coach, play caller. Uh, Coach Dan Mullen, I mean, um, he's why I got Florida winning this game by six points. It's a very... It is a very, very close game, and we'll talk more about the Florida-Georgia game. By the way, the weather started out interesting here in Jacksonville on game day of the Florida-Georgia game. You know, around, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock, started getting some light rain, then even some heavy rain in the Riverside area of Jacksonville, Florida. Then it stopped. The sun came out. Looking out the window now, it's kind of a mixture of clouds and sunshine. And for the Florida-Georgia game, about a 40% chance of rain uh, kickoff at 3.30 in the afternoon. As we record episode 69 of the Teal Short Report on Saturday afternoon here in the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to get back to some high school uh, football scores. want to thank Alex Nunry for the excellent uh, interviews and reports he did on the Bishop Kenny Ed White game. Again, Ed White 34, Bishop Kenny 31 on Thursday night. And that was back on October the 5th. Let's take a look at some high school football scores that we do have from uh, Friday night, November the 6th. The North Florida, South Georgia, and surrounding areas high school football scoreboard. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Here's the Friday night. We gave you the Thursday night, a couple of games on Thursday night. But the Friday night, November the 6th games, where most of the, the majority of the games were, on Friday night, November the 6th, here in 2020, Oak Leaf defeated Clay. Oak Leaf, and this surprised some people, I think. Oak Leaf's got a really good team. Clay's got a very good team and a very good running back, but Clay fell short in this one. As uh, Alex Nunry uh, reported to uh, BigJReport.com, and of course our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group, uh, I want to thank Alex for reporting this to us. Uh, Oakleaf, uh, you know, I know Clay's disappointed with the loss, but Oakleaf's got a very, very good football team. Oakleaf 41, Clay High School Blue Devils 14. Also, Fletcher played Mandarin in a big one. And we're going to get that report uh, right now from Alex Nunnery, uh, one of our BigJReport.com contributors. Here's Alex Nunnery with his report and interviews on the Fletcher Mandarin game which uh, was played on Friday night, November the 6th. Let's turn things over to Alex Nunnery once again. Alex? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Friday night edition of High School Football here in Jacksonville. Welcome to the TLC Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here tonight at Jack Taylor Stadium, home of the Fletcher Sanders. Tonight we have a terrific football game between Fletcher and the home team, the Fletcher Sanders, and the way team, the Mandarin Mustangs. So the Sanders won 42 to six over First Coast last week. They're trying to become six and one on the season with a nice win tonight. The Mustangs are three and four on the season, entering tonight's game with two straight wins, 34-12 win over Ed White last week. The Mustangs, coached by Bobby Ramsey, the Sanders coached by Bobby Rollison. The athletic director here at Fletcher High School is the great Joe Reynolds. Joe Reynolds played for the University of Florida Gators back in the Doug Dickey area. He's a Gator grad, as he called it. He coached Seattle Faison in 
Steve Bartlett, the Amanda and Athletic Director is Ryan Laredo. The Senators are led by running back Miles Montgomery. He is Cincinnati commit and by Aaron Hester, number 44, one of the best junior linebackers in the area. The Mustangs, led by Nick Mitchell, a linebacker committed to Mississippi State University. We will have interviews from the Senators tonight after the game. Your score at the half here at Jack Taylor Stadium at the beach. It's the Mandarin Mustangs. The visiting Mandarin Mustangs, 13, and the Fletcher Senators, 21. Both teams will be on the road next week to start the playoffs. The Mustangs will be at Sandalwood, and the Senators will be at Atlanta Coast. If Fletcher wins, they'll be right back here on November 20th, hosting the winner of Lincoln and First Coast. I, on the other hand, will most likely be at Pedro Menendez. The Falcons will host a playoff game. They will host the winner of the Eustis versus Mount Dora Christian game. That will be next Friday night. I believe that's 7.30 kickoff from Veterans Memorial Stadium at Pedro Menendez High School. Eustis and Mount Dora will either will come to Pedro Menendez. The best game in the Jacksonville area next week will be Trinity Christian at Baldwin. If Baldwin wins, they'll be undefeated and will host the Trinity Christian Fighting Christians next week. Number five, Tarek Riley with a 50-yard kickoff return for Fletcher to start the second half. It's Fletcher's football at the Mandarin 25-yard line to start the second half with 11.50 in the first quarter. The big plays in the first half. Number two, Devron Lewis with a 64-yard touchdown catch from Mandarin. And number one for the Senators, that's the best running back in the area, probably one of the best in Jacksonville since the great Dick Henry. That's Miles Montgomery with a 56-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. It's 21-13, third and 17 for the Senators right now. The clock's running. The Fletcher quarterback is number seven, Keeley Watson. He is an Atlanta Coast High School transfer. Number 33, Aiden Heilman, with a nice catch for Fletcher. And number 22, Aaron Hester, one of the best junior linebackers in probably Florida, with a good first half, a couple rushes, a couple of tackles. Number 19, Josh Davis for Fletcher with a beautiful sack on third and 10 to make it fourth and 17. He is a senior. Keeley Watson's passes complete to number five, Tarek Riley. A gain of 15 yards and a Fletcher first down. Keeley Watson, of course, a transfer from Atlantic Coast. He came over here, Fletcher, because he was not getting playing time at Atlantic Coast. And he is one really good quarterback. We'll, we'll interview him after the game. That's Aiden Heilman on the catch for Fletcher. A gain of... about no gain on the play. Aiden is a junior. He's a lacrosse player for Fletcher as well. Number one, Miles Montgomery on the carry. Gain him six yards. Second and four. Fletcher 
at the Mandarin 31 yard line. That's Miles Montgomery. That's good for a Fletcher. First down. Number one, Miles Montgomery with a six yard touchdown run. It's Fletcher with a 28 to 13 lead with 11.08 left in the fourth quarter. We have a final here at Fletcher High School. It's the home team, the Fletcher Sanders, 28, the Mustangs from Mandarin, 13. The Mustangs will travel to Sandalwood next week for a first round of the playoffs. The Senators will play at Atlantic Coast for the first round of the playoffs. All right, we're here with, with the star of the Senators, the best linebacker, the junior, Aaron Hester. One of the, be- the best running back playing Jacksonville other than Derrick Henry. Miles Superman Montgomery. And then Tariq. Tariq Riley. And then Tariq. And then Keely Watson. How do y'all feel about tonight's championship? Gateway championship win. Or conference. Did good. I didn't know we were gonna make it this far, man. It's crazy, man. We did it without some people. People just didn't want to hop on the train now, but hey, we're here, man. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of us and my team. We have people leave us, but you know the saying: those who stay will be champions. Really feel like that defines our season right now. Yeah, we done. We done been through a lot as a team. We got through adversity, picking each other up. This was a good game and a good team win. We all did it. We, it's unbelievable. All right, we're here with the victorious coach. Bobby Rollerson at Fletcher. Tell us about the three-week layoff and how y'all competed tonight. Well, we, we got our feet wet against First Coast earlier this week. And, you know, you never I've never had an experience with a football program where we've had to play twice in one week like this and certainly uh, two quality programs. And so I think we came out and were a little bit rusty against First Coast but started to work some of the kinks out and then – uh, we started fast tonight, which is has not been the case with us. We've usually waited until the second and third quarters to get going, but we jumped on Mandarin early and uh, were able to score and make them one-dimensional as the game wore on. And our kids just understood that this was a really good football team we were playing tonight. And to get us where we'd like to go, which is to continue playing, we know we've got to be competitive and win games like this. And so, and then tell us about how it is coaching one of the best linebackers and probably one of the best running backs in Jacksonville. Well, we're blessed to have many good players and uh, and even better kids. And so, you know, coaching Miles has, has really been a joy. He's such a hard worker, a competitive young man who wants the team to win. Uh, and if he's able to run for a bunch of yards, great. And if he's not, that's great with him too. Um, but a very unselfish young man. And then and then, you know, Aaron Hester and Josh Davis both um, are, are really fantastic football players that have been able to use their athleticism, and our coaching staff has enabled them to use their athleticism to uh, give teams trouble in the passing game. Yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, thank you so much, Alex Nunnery, Big J Report contributor, for that fine report on the Fletcher victory. I want to thank uh, Coach Rollerson for the access to his office. Uh, again, we want to thank uh, Coach Rollerson at Fletcher for the access of uh, his office is where I believe Alex Alex Nunnery did some of the interviews. And Alex, good job interviewing uh, some of the players. Uh, also, Fletcher Coach uh, uh, Rollerson. That's Coach Rollerson. Thank you to Coach Rollerson. We hope to get out there and have an opportunity to, to meet and talk to Coach Rollerson ourselves. Uh, in the future as well, because it looks like they're going to be playing for a while in the playoffs. Fletcher, uh, with that uh, big win, Fletcher Senators 28, the Mandarin Mustangs 13. Great program Fletcher's got going. In fact, I know when I was a kid, Fletcher had a good program then. Off and on for years, they've, they've had a great, great program at the beach. So, again, the Fletcher Senators 28, the Mandarin Mustangs 13, the final score. I've had um, my niece and nephew, um, 
both graduated from Fletcher. Um, I went to Ed White, so a lot of local ties when you talk about high school football. Again, the Fletcher Senators 28, the Mandarin Mustangs 13, the final. Fletcher, with that victory, wins the local prestigious Gateway Conference uh, here in Northeast Florida. You know, when I was a kid coming up, it was all about the Gateway Conference where most of your, you know, most of your big-time Jacksonville schools were in the Gateway Conference. Well, Fletcher, uh, Fletcher wins the local prestigious Gateway Conference Championship locally uh, here in Northeast Florida, and now they're going to be moving into the uh, state playoffs in the high school football. Uh, the Episcopal School Eagles, coached by Mark Brunel. And let me backtrack a little bit and give you that score again. Make sure we got that correct score for you. Uh, Fletcher defeated Mandarin. Mandarin, who Carson Beck, who now is up at Georgia, he won a state championship with Mandarin uh, just about two years ago. It was the Fletcher Senators 28, Mandarin Mustangs 13, the final. Again, Fletcher, it bears repeating, Fletcher wins the local prestigious Gateway Conference uh, championship here in Northeast Florida. That's the local conference uh, title from, from the Gateway Conference. Uh, the Episcopal School, coached by Mark Brunel. The Episcopal School of Jacksonville. Episcopal 42, Wolfson Wolfpack 7, uh, Creekside 26, Ponte Vedra Sharks 9, West Nassau, West Nassau 34, uh, Ridgeview 20. Again, West Nassau 34, Ridgeview 20. West Nassau's had a great season. Uh, Cedar Creek Christian from just down the road, not too far uh, from where I live, I guess it's about a five or 10 minute drive from where I am. Um, Cedar Creek Christian, a small church school, but they got a football team and they actually won against, uh, Berean Christian, Cedar Creek Christian, 28 Berean Christian seven. And this may have been one of the big upsets of the evening. Swanee County live Oak defeated Baker County. This score kind of surprised me. Swanee County, that Swanee County live Oak, uh, defeated Baker County. And let's see. Let me go back and double check that score. I believe it was 35. It was. It was 30. I got to do a correction on uh, one of our other group posts and get that correct score on there. But it was Swanee County, Live Oak 35, Baker County 32, the final score. So congratulations. Big upset, by the way. Swanee County, Live Oak 35, Baker County 32, the final. I would call this game an upset win for Live Oak. Uh, Baker County has a really strong team in 2020. They're going to be in the playoffs uh, next weekend. They'll be a tough out. But Live Oak apparently is improving, and they pulled off a big coup on Friday night with a 35-32 to victory over Baker County. Uh, the only two teams that beat Baker County in 2020 were Bowles and now uh, Swanee Live Oak against Swanee County Live Oak 35, Baker County 32, the final. Again, I would call this game, a, you might even call it a huge upset win for Live Oak. Big, big upset win for Live Oak over Baker County. Baker County does have a really strong team in 2020. Uh, Atlantic Coast defeated Nice. Atlantic Coast 34, Nice 21. That's Tim Tebow's old school niece that got defeated. Again, that final score for um, Nice losing Atlantic Coast. The Atlantic Coast um, Stingrays 34, Nice 21. Lake City, Florida, Columbia County 41. That's right, the Lake City, Columbia County uh, Tigers 41. The Inglewood Rams 7. Bishop Snyder defeated 7 Rivers Christian, I'm not familiar with them, but Bishop Snyder beat them. Bishop Snyder, 28, 7, Rivers Christian, 24, Fort White, 14, Hamilton County, 6, a final. St. Augustine blasted Palatka. It was uh, St. Augustine's Yellow Jackets, 51. Again, St. Augustine, uh, 51, Palatka, 8, the final. Baldwin, good season for them. Baldwin, 20, Middleburg, nothing. Uh, Union County defeated Keystone Heights from Clay County. It was Union County 42, Keystone Heights 20. Uh, some South Georgia scores. Glen Academy and kind of a baseball score. Glen Academy 7, Richmond Hill 5. The final score again, that was Glen Academy up in Georgia. Glen Academy 7, Richmond Hill 5 the final. Irwin County 
Irwin County put some points on the board against Charlton County. Irwin County 58, Charlton County, Georgia 16. Camden County up there in southeast Georgia, uh, where the kids from, you know, I believe St. Mary's, Kingsland, Woodbine all go to school. Uh, big school up in Georgia, Camden County 35, Tiff County 14. Of course, Tiff County is where uh, linebacker fullback Zach Brown with the Jacksonville Sharks played his high school ball. It looks like they've lost some a couple of disappointing games this year. Camden County Wildcats have always had a tremendous program. The Camden County Wildcats 35, Tiff County 14, a final. Colquitt County 40, Lowndes 10, another final score. Carver 47, Columbus, Georgia 7, a final. That was Carver 47, Columbus 7, a final. Chattahoochee 47, Schley County, Georgia 7, where uh, my, my good friend, Coach Jim McFather, former Randolph Clayhead football coach, he kind of ended his uh, coaching career at, as he was the head coach at Sly County, uh, you know, for a few years uh, before he retired. Uh, again, it was Chattahoochee 47, Sly County, Georgia 7, Hardaway 53, Jordan nothing a final. How about some South Bama scores? As we get on up to South Bama, Jackson Academy knocked off the Lakeside School Chiefs. Jackson Academy 54, Lakeside School Chiefs 14. How about Eufaula, Alabama High School? Man, they're looking good. Eufaula, Alabama High School Tigers 52, Stan Hope Elmore 28 a final. Eufaula now playing in the playoffs now. They're 9-2 and two on the year with a 7 game winning streak now. So that gives you kind of an idea what we try to do. We give you North Florida scores, North Florida high school football scores, also some South Georgia scores, and part of South Alabama as well. Again, back to my uh, my Georgia-Florida prediction or Florida-Georgia prediction, if you will. I have liked the Florida Gators this year to snap that three-game losing streak against the Bulldogs. Coach Dan Mullen, He's the guy. I mean, he's he's the key. He is the factor that that kind of moves the needle for Florida. I like Florida to win this game by six points. Florida, I'm going to call it Florida 28, and Georgia getting kind of an odd 22 score. Maybe somebody goes for a two-point conversion or misses a field goal or something, but I like Florida 28, Georgia 22. I think the, def- the uh, difference in this game now – a couple of keys. Florida's defense, they've got to contain Georgia's running game. That's a big key. That uh, Florida's defense, they've got to play like they did against Missouri. they got to play well against the run, or at least, you know, pretty good. And, and you know, get the ball away from Georgia. Get the ball out of Georgia's hands. They can't let Georgia control the, the clock and the football. Florida's defense has got to play well against Georgia, particularly against the run. Because Georgia's quarterback situation is not a high-octane passing attack, to say the least. However, Kyle Trask, the receivers, as well as tight end Kyle Pitts, are going to be the difference. Florida puts 28 points on the board. Florida 28, Georgia 22, the final. And that's let me tell you, that is a really good Georgia defense, too. So we'll see what happens. This is my prediction about you know two hours before kickoff because we are recording the uh, Teal Shirt Report. Here in the 1 o'clock hour on Saturday afternoon, November the 7th. And at the Georgia-Florida game this year, only going to be about 19,000 fans due to the you know COVID-19 year we're in. So only about 19,000 fans out there. I'm, I'm sure everybody's going to have to wear a mask. Social distancing, of course. RV City is not open. There's not going to be the huge tailgate gatherings. No, no real tailgating. You know, the most tailgating is going to be somebody holding a, a soft drink and maybe a hot dog. Uh, but that's okay, too. At least we're at least we're getting some football, right? Now, I'm not going to do the BigJReport.com SEC power rankings, except I will say the top five teams in my mind right now in the SEC. I'm not going to list all 14 teams on this podcast. But Alabama's number one. They're undefeated still. Georgia number two. Texas A&M three. Florida number four, but Florida should move up if they can beat Georgia. I like Florida to win it by six points. Florida ranked fourth in our power rankings um, this week. Auburn is fifth. These are really the only five contending teams for an SEC title in 2020. Bama one right now, Georgia two, 
Texas A&M three, Florida four, and Auburn fifth. I'm going to try to get the line. I'm going to try to get the line real quick if I can on the uh, Georgia Florida game. Sometimes you can get some last minute uh, lines on you know what the uh, prediction is, you know for the game or you know the line. Obviously the spread. And um, let's let's pull that up really really quick now. Let's see if we can get the uh, prediction of what's going to happen now. Basically, some of my sources are really kind of locked down the middle saying this is an evenly matched game. And, uh, you know, it could be, you know, nearly downright straight up a tie. Um, and it was kind of rated as even by one of my sources. Now one of my sources kind of likes Florida to win by a point or two, maybe about two points. Uh, the line obviously has changed a little bit, but not a lot. Uh, Georgia, let's see, Georgia is uh, Georgia is a consensus and straight up for the most part in most circles a three-point favorite. So the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, at less than two hours, you know, a little under two hours before kickoff of the big Georgia-Florida game. Again, Georgia is a three-point favorite. Uh, here in uh, Jacksonville, FLA. North Florida Entertainment, got some concerts coming up, 38 special on December the 10th at the historic Florida Theater in downtown Jacksonville. There'll be social distancing, only about 50% capacity, as I understand it at this moment. Florida Theater holds about 1,900 people, give or take, maybe a little over or a little under that, but about 1,900 people is what the Florida Theater holds for a concert. So at 50% capacity, you know, if you can, you know, do the math, that's, you know, that's basically going to mean, you know, around 900, 950 people, a little over 900 people will be allowed to go in and watch that uh, 38 special concert on the evening of December the 10th at the Florida Theater. Um, another really, really good show is going to be the Elton John Farewell Tour, not in 2021, but in 2022. Um, Elton John's uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour uh, will start in Louisiana in New Orleans in January of 2022. Meanwhile, here in North Florida, three months later, Elton John, as I understand it, he'll be at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena on April the 23rd of 2022. So the Goodbye Yellow Brick uh, Road Farewell Tour Elton's got it figured out. He says, hey, things have got to be better, maybe maybe not a lot better in 2021, the first part of it, but by 2022, by 2022, things have got to be a lot better. I think Elton John and his people are banking on that in 2022 as far as the, you know, the COVID-19 situation. So we've taken a look at Jaguars football, Jacksonville Jaguars football. We've run down most – Maybe not all the high school football scores, but a good many. And we hope you enjoyed our reports uh, from Big J Report contributor, our BigJReport.com contributor, Alex Nunry. You know, he went to Bishop Kenny for the Bishop Kenny Ed White game on Thursday night. Went to a really good one on Friday night where uh, Fletcher uh, beat Mandarin 28-13. Uh, to 13. And I do want to also thank um, JC for reporting to us that uh, Ufala is now nine and two in South Alabama. They won seven straight games, and they're nine and two. And in the playoffs in Alabama, we'll keep up to date with them. So we try to give you scores as far as high school from uh, North Florida, parts of South Georgia, and again parts of South Alabama. That's who we are. The BigJReport.com. Our areas are mainly Jacksonville, Duval County, North Florida, but we you know we do branch out into South Alabama and uh, I should say. South Georgia and parts of South Alabama too. So thank you again for listening to the Chill Shirt Report. One other thing I want to add as far as North Florida entertainment, I highly recommend you watch the Cuban Comet, the story of Carlos Alvarez, who played wide receiver at the University of Florida. He came over in a boat, a big boat. I think when he was nine or 10 years old from Cuba, it's a great story. I don't even think Carlos could speak English then. He learned English, played high school football, went to the University of Florida, and he's actually in the College Football Hall of Fame now. What, a, what an amazing story. He played at Florida. He wore number 45. 
He was one of those super softs, one of my favorite players when I started following Florida Gator football around 1970. He played a year before I even started, before I even started following uh, Florida Gator football. But his best year was probably 69, but he was still a big-time player in 70 and 71. Injuries later in his college career kind of curtailed things for him. Uh, Carlos was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, but his NFL uh, career was really very brief and cut short due to some knee injuries, I think in both knees that he had. You owe it to yourself to watch the the Cuban Comet, Carlos Alvarez. It's uh, playing. I've seen it a couple of times on the SEC Network, so check it out on the Southeastern Conference Network. The SEC Network, it's called the Cuban Comet. I highly recommend it. It's about a um, a very special era in Florida Gator football, late 60s, early 70s. So please do check out the Cuban Comet, the Carlos Alvarez story at the uh, at the University of Florida. Again, I'm picking those Gators. Florida 28, Georgia 22 is my prediction of the Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida game here in Jacksonville, Florida. If you will, kickoff is going to happen, you know, in less than two hours from now. It's about 1.53 in the afternoon. As we uh, wind down to the end of the uh, Teal Shirt Report, you know, I, I usually keep the NFL Network on and just kind of watch the scroll while we're doing the uh, Teal Shirt Report. And, hey, while we're doing the 69th episode of the Teal Shirt Report, it came across the screen. It looks like I know there's going to be litigation. I know there's going to be investigations. But it came across the scroll that Joe Biden – has now officially or unofficially won the election. The Associated Press is reporting it. NFL Network added in big letters on the NFL Network that uh, Mr. Joe Biden, or I should say President Joe Biden, is now the 46th president of the United States of America. I'm sure there's litigation and uh, protest to follow. Um, Mr. Trump was not too happy with several things in several states as far as the seemed like the ballots kept kept I don't want to get too political here. We're not a political show, but I, I will tell you that man, it took him a while to count those votes and the votes seemed to come in from everywhere. But the story will be told, you know, whether you watch your local news, um, the national you know, in world networks, they're going to continue to follow the presidential race. But while we were sitting here doing the Till Shirt Report, I did see it. It looked like it officially, um, the election has officially uh, gone to Joe Biden. He was a heavy favorite to win as of Saturday because really the last five states, all Joe Biden needed was to win one of those states. So it looks like officially now. Or unofficially, because there's going to be litigation, there's going to be protests, there's going to be, you know, there, there there's going to be uh, maybe court cases, uh, lawsuits over this election. It's amazing. But Joe Biden, it came across, came across the scroll in NFL Network. Uh, the Associated Press, the Associated Press is reporting that Joe Biden has now been elected officially as the 46th president of the United States of America. So we'll, we'll end the uh, Tillshirt report on that note. Looks like it's official now. We've been waiting for several days. I guess the election was actually last uh, last Tuesday, and this is Saturday, and we finally get the official results. I'm going to keep an eye on that, boy. And we don't, again, we don't do politics on this show, not very much at all, but, and there's places for politics. There's podcast, obvious, obviously networks. Um, um, there's groups you can go into and talk politics, and it can get quite ugly because you know basically the the country is divided. I mean, there's a lot of division. Hopefully, we can all come together, you know, here in 2020, and you know, COVID 19. Got to hope and continue to pray for things to get better, you know, in that regard as well. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report brought to you by Anchor.fm. Also by our good friends, uh, good friend Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida. Also, LakeUfallahits.com, internet radio where it's all good. Always good songs. LakeUfallahits.com. LakeUfallahits.com where it's all good. Check them out. Internet radio. 
Brother JC and, and, and his crew at uh, LakeUfallahits.com. Uh, and, of course, uh, JC is uh, BigJReport.com feature freelance writer and gives us reports from up around uh, parts of South Alabama and other areas into Georgia, too. So, hey, we got it covered right here at BigJReport.com. And, of course, the Till Shirt Report as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars go. Hey, if it's not on the Teal Shirt Report, it's not relevant. Hey, this is Scott. Have a great day. I'm out. This has been the 69th episode of the Teal Shirt Report. And again, thank you for listening.